There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. are tuned into the power court hour and i'm your host anthony merchant here thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show very excited today i'm talking to danny and david of the los angeles band no win very excited to be talking to them their sophomore record dodger stadium will be coming out august 19th on danger bird records i've been playing the uh the enhanced cd lately on the radio show so you've probably heard some of these songs and uh, i'm excited to hear the rest of it we're going to talk about the uh, new record, talk about No Win, and uh, all that good stuff. So let's get into it. Uh, Danny, David, how are you both doing? Doing very good. Pretty good. Thank Pretty you good. for having us. We love it. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I kind of, I got turned on to the band, and I I guess it would have been your debut, uh, Downey, in 2019. I, I, uh, I really enjoyed that one, was stoked to see there was a new one coming, like, when uh when was when was the writing for this new record when did that happen after the last one like how, how long was downy out we're like all right time for a new no win record how long has this one been in the works that's a good question it's so hard to remember downy came out in march of 2019 so we got like one year of having a record out before everything came to a screeching halt and um i feel like i don't remember were we writing any of this before we started in in pandemic because me, you, and Jeff, I feel like we started a little bit before. We or... started a little bit before, yeah. and then all of a sudden you had like a few demos piled up, yeah. and we just started working on the songs, and it just kind of naturally rolled from there. Yeah. You know? And especially having like touring and shows and anything else possible taken away from us, it was like once we were like home indefinitely, it's like, all right, well, and this is uh, this record, as opposed to the first one, was written a lot more collaboratively. Like, Jeff, uh, who played drums on Downey, um, Jeff, David, and I would get together and like go through either ideas I had or fresh ideas we all came up with together and just write the songs together like the three of us. So we were just doing doing that as often as we could, trying to get to a second record since we couldn't really do anything else. It makes sense. Was there uh, was there anything from down or like you know like ideas that kind of started on that first record that that made its way over to this one? Even like ideas, even even if not full songs. Anything I don't know. Record? I'm going to say no. I don't think so. I'm going to say no. We kind of like put our all into that, had a, a couple like B-side releases, you know, from it. Yeah. And then uh, approach it like when Danny had the, the demos for this one, they were so severely uh, like different than Downey, you know, which was yeah. like really exciting to hear. And plus, when we started writing it, we were like it was the very beginning of the pandemic. So me and Danny created our bubble here and just kept on going you know which was really interesting because we didn't have a drummer in tow so like a lot of the um the drums on the record are like these loops and stuff right because we were just kind of working with what we had and it kind of like informed the direction of where we wanted to go you know and also like not having people to tell us like things were bad ideas we just went with the really <laughs> bad ideas and kind of like it, it was a fun time to see where we could take things without even being like like maybe we won't even put this out. It was like uh, um, yeah. the world was sort of like on fire. And we were like, what if we just stayed here and like had fun every day and like wrote these really like lighthearted songs, like as a knee jerk reaction to like, you know, the new cycle and everything that was going on. Like, yeah, let's talk about summer. And like, yeah. you know, and it was sort of like this, this wonderful kind of like experience yeah. to be in that world and not in the world of like sitting at home and watching the computer, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's much more productive. You wrote you wrote a good record. I feel like I feel like <laughs> you can you can say you came out of it with that. Like that's yeah, uh, yeah. You got a pretty solid I, record out of it. You could have wasted. I definitely think I would have fully lost my mind had I had we not jumped it. Like it feels like because once we knew what we were making a little bit more and like we had a plan or like songs, then going to the label and being like, oh, can we figure out the budget and like kind of you know let's just talk about making this second record because before that. I think we still would have been doing some downy stuff. So like um, at the time, but so I think the beginning stages of making the record were really, like you said, a knee jerk reaction where I was like, if we don't do something, I'm going to go insane. Just like politics were crazy. The pandemic is happening. Like I need to be doing something that felt like the counterbalance to the world. 
Makes total. I mean, it makes total sense. And I mean, it, it's something you know. You have something to show for after. That is interesting too. So I mean, yeah. Do you do you feel like I mean, like with those drums and everything, not not being able to have like you know actual drums, not like it kind of sounds like the direction was pushed from from circumstance, like sound wise, like the sound the sound of this record, which is interesting because I feel like like there's it still sounds like no win but yeah i mean it's a it's a different sounding record in the best way i really do like the progression on it but it sounds like that was all from more of circumstance or how you're recording overall just going hey we want to sound like this like off well the i think it felt like both i don't know like i can't remember the moment it happened like i feel like every time i start something with this band like we we try and bounce things back and forth each other like we'll play each other songs like oh man what if we made a record like this what if we made a record like that like either we're talking about an era or an aesthetic or like 80s drum sounds like there's something that has to like spark something in us to be like okay let's go down this rabbit hole and i don't remember what came first whether it was the like not having a drummer and being trapped in the pandemic or being like i really want to do something late 90s early 2000s referential and like all this music that i liked as a kid i don't know which happened first I, I think we had an idea of like we wanted something light and that felt a little 90s, but uh, we needed like to we always need to write as a band to a drum beat. So we just found drum beats kind of like threw them down. And then as we started filling in the instruments, the the drum beat really informed what everything started to be. Yeah. And then we had the conversation of like, we need to get a drummer. And it's like, do we like yeah. it's it's kind of awesome, you know, so we just kind of like filled in like you know for choruses or whatever it's like what external things can we find like bongos or different kind of like rhythmic things that fill in those parts instead of like having a drummer play directly over the beats that were already there you know and it became yeah. a whole process of like the the rhythms became really kind of unique and fun and uh it was sort of unlike what we usually do so it was there was a playfulness to it right yeah. there was like a, a sense of discovery and there was like it kind of was funny too yeah you know? like, it was very it felt <laughs> there's a lot of laughter about what we were doing which was like a unique experience because i think both of us come from the place of like singer songwriter like this is my art it's very yeah. meaningful and we were like let's like what let's like let's you know let's just try to have fun we've never tried that in music yeah before. and a, a lot of, yeah, yeah let's try to have fun and a lot of like constantly asking each other like are we like I've compared the record to like learning to break dance in the fourth grade for the talent show where like you're in the room with all your friends and you're like, dude, we're so sick. Like, I can't <laughs> believe the moves we learned and everything. And yeah. then the day comes, we have to like do it at the talent show. And you like right before the curtain opens, you're like, oh, everyone, everyone's going to hate us. Like we've been in a vacuum of our own opinions yeah. and that curtain's going to go up and everyone's going to look at me in my Adidas tracks and be like, idiot like why did you think you could get away with this yeah. it felt like that like we felt really playful and then it was just like the fear of like oh i'm gonna have to do this in front of the talent show now well we didn't really show anybody what we were doing no. we kind of like really like reference we reference music and then we uh, like the one thing i remember is like is it dumb enough yeah like we would listen <laughs> to things we were inspired by and like listen to how simple and kind of goofy and dumb it was and it's like are we achieving that? And how do we get even more lighthearted? How do we like, how does the, the, the sounds we're using, how do they like, everything became candy, you know, yeah. we were throwing candy and sweetness at it, which yeah. is, was really like fun and, and unlocked a different type of uh, writing and musicianship in both of us, I think, you know, for sure. I don't think I'll ever do anything like this like, <laughs> yeah. again, you yeah. know, it seemed like a product of that moment, you yeah. know, which was, it's really interesting and, and, and wonderful about that record. And, and when you listen back to it, like me, when I listen back to it, I'm like, when did we do all this stuff? Like, yeah. like there's so many, like, there's so much going on and I can't, we can't remember who came up with an idea or, or who recorded it. It's just yeah. like, it is, you know? Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, I, I think the the way you wrote that way, I think worked even it, even if it was like a way you may not do again. Uh, the the yeah. process seemed to uh, seem to work. And like also, I am interested in that because, like you both said, I mean, you kind of come more from like the the like songwriting or singer aspect or whatever. Like for that drumming side and programming drums and doing the loops and throwing things in. I mean, do either of you have much of a background in drumming? Or I mean, was that I and I know Danny, I mean, I know you have the studio and stuff. David, I don't know, like if you do like Dave, yeah, David stuff. produces in the studio as well, oh, too. Okay. Like half the gear is yeah. his and oh okay. Um, well yeah, do yeah. both of you already I feel like with that position you might already do some of that. I mean, was any of we, that new? We both played drums on in, in bands. Yeah, and for we both ourselves. played drums before uh, with people. And then also like, yeah, we work with drummers constantly to like help arrange and change parts. So it's like I feel like 
it's a part of us. But yeah, we're neither one of us are great drummers, but we know what drums should do in a song. I think most of the time. Yeah. As producers, I mean, I got to go back to that breakdancing analogy. Do you ever get bands coming into you where they're having that realization that they were all the fourth graders getting ready for the breakdancing and then they start showing you the music and go, oh, wait a second. Maybe this isn't the greatest thing ever. Yeah, I've had that happen with one band. Um, I won't say anything about who they were, but like they came in, you know, and had prepared to record a record with me and they played a little bit. And I was like, no, like, and in a sweet way, they were really young. And I ended up making a record with them at a later date. But like, we like once it was all in the room and mic'd up and playing, I was like, you guys sure you want to do this? Like, I think we should go home and practice more. And I was like, cool. I'll see you guys in a little while. Like, come on back anytime. And like, they ended up practicing coming back and we made a great record. That is beautiful. I, think in, in, I like, go ahead, like go, going with that idea. Like sometimes band will bring things and you'll be like, ouch, yeah, you know, but you'll be like, but the bass is really cool. Or yeah. like you'll find things to connect with. And we're like, how do you match? Like, how do we bring everything up to that level of like what the cool thing is doing? And you'll find a way, like, you know, like there's yeah. no bad songs, you know, it's just kind of like you can like tweak choices to make it really cool. You just have to find what works with it, you know? Yeah. I like the, I mean, I'd like to go down this route a little bit. I like the production side of things, like kind of going along with that. I mean, it seems like you would have to, as a producer, maybe learn, like you were saying, like not, not to be me. You don't want to break someone down and just destroy their work, but I feel yeah. like you have to find a way to go hey maybe this could be better or maybe this isn't like the greatest riff of all time or maybe, yeah. maybe this or that i feel like you probably have to find like a, a producer speaker a way for a way as a producer to talk and communicate with musicians as to not just go this is awful like you're you're bad well i think it's you're always you and the person you're producing in a in a in a in a perfect world and usually most of the time you're both trying to get to somewhere neither one of you are like the band wants to be at this level and they're currently at a little bit of a low like you know they're operating how they operate but they want to reach something more than what they've achieved thus far and as a producer you want to meet them up there so as long as you're not speaking down about where they are but rather finding what is highest up the mountain from where they are closest to that peak and then you focus on that peak and it's like a triangle like you guys come up both sides of the mountain you want to meet up top but as soon as you start talking down about where they are they don't want to climb. They're not motivated to go up anymore. They just feel like crap about themselves. So as long as you're, I think producer speak is just like finding a way to communicate what's positive about where everything is and how that pod, those positive elements can push you up to that place you want to meet at. That makes sense. If that, that makes it, sense. It, yeah. No, sorry. It, it's a little convoluted. Really no, no, it does yeah. make, it makes sense. Cause again, you can't, you're going to crush someone very early on. If you're just yeah. like, yeah, these, these songs you've been spending hours on. No, yeah. no, good. no yeah. good. For, I'm sure for, that's been necessary in the history of music a few times, but like, luckily I haven't had to ever, I've never been in a situation where I've just had to straight out be like, you guys are bad at this. Go home. <laughs> like, yeah. For, I mean, for both of you, I'd like to get into that. Like, I mean, were, were both of you always into the production recording side of music or did that come later on? I mean, I'm assuming both of you got into music and then the recording and behind the scenes stuff happened. I mean, is that, is that kind of how it worked? I think it's for both of us. It was like necessity. We we're both songwriters and in bands. And I didn't know anybody who recorded something, you know? So I went down, got me one of those eight tracks and just like, you know, I got two microphones from Radio Shack that were like five bucks a piece. And, you know, I figured I pointed at something and then, you know, it just, it just started from necessity and you just become more and more obsessed. You know, I think every band has the one guy who's like, oh, I can record this or gets into it and kind of pushes the rest of the band, you know, in that sense. It's really rare where where you find a band in here and they're like, yeah, we didn't record demos. We don't know how to do any of that stuff. You know, there's yeah. always like one guy who's like, oh, I bought this laptop and I'm, let's do this thing. And, you know, so I think I think every I was that guy in my all my bands for sure. You know, and as things progressed, it was always like, well, I guess I'm going to do it. And then I, I started doing it more and more, taking myself more seriously. And all of a sudden, here we are. Pretty you know? much, yeah, pretty much exact same story here. And then also, once you become that guy, all your friends' bands know you're that guy. But, um, you know, I, I guess, too, with that, do either of you remember a real transition, like you're talking about, like where then like your friends' bands and all that start knowing you record? Is there like a defining moment or transition for you where you went from recording your own stuff and your own bands to then actually like, oh, I guess I'm going to do this now. Like, I'm going to do this for other people and work yeah, on other people. So. 
you literally like for me it was like you had to say that like oh i do this now yeah and then like you put down the world and you say like hey yeah you know when people like what do you do like i'm an engineer yeah and they go oh shit okay yeah you're, you're an engineer yeah i just and I, you just do it and then people know you as that guy it was a really like a weird thing that happened you know because i was doing it so much people like what do you do i'm like i guess i'm an engineer and then like all the other people are like oh you meet that guy he's an engineer I'm yeah like, i guess i am you it's know? just like, something it's it's, yeah. it's like music like i don't know the moment i decided to be a musician it's just like i played guitar i loved it never stopped and same thing i started recording probably like for the first time maybe three years after the first moment i played a guitar i was already like buying a little eight track and trying to do stuff and then it's like well now that's just a part of music to me they've never been separate like i i personally i've never made a record I think I don't want to misspeak, but I don't think I've ever made a record in any project I've been in with someone else. Like David has made a like the only time I've made a record recorded by someone else is in my old band. David made a record, but it was like me and him. He was like at the helm and I was making it with him. But like, yeah. I've never like gone to a, oh, my first record ever. And yeah, yeah ever. We, we don't speak of it. We don't speak of that. Record. <laughs> but like everything that I like that I've ever made has been like, I've never like had a producer or like a, you know. That's yeah. that's interesting. So you are, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I feel like some people, do you, do you think there's like, is there, is there, can, do you think any musician could also be their own producer? Or do you think you have to almost possess something to also be a musician who can record your own stuff, produce your own stuff? You know what I mean by that? I think you just got to like it. Yeah. Like, I think anyone can, if they have an interest in doing it, but I like when people are like, I have no interest in doing that. I fully understand it. Like, it depends on the way you engage with mu your music and making it like, I don't know. Like, I don't think you have to possess it, but I, like, I think if you try it out once and you're like, wow, that was really fun. You can do it. That's all there is to it. And you just stick at it and learn and research and YouTube and message boards. That's all that's, yeah. you know, that's what you do. But like, I fully also understand musicians who are like, don't ever sit me at a computer. Like, I don't want to do it. It makes sense to me. Well, I think for both of us, like in engineering and producing are kind of the same thing for us because they melt together. I think any musician can be a producer. Yeah. But nobody wants to be an engineer usually. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> that takes a, a certain type of person, you know, the, you know, for, uh, for, like like for writing music for both of you, you know, getting getting back to more like the you know the songwriting part of it, for both of you, are you are you people who you feel like you're writing, you're just constantly writing all the time? Are you more writers where like you'll get that burst of inspiration? Maybe maybe you write an entire record in a month, and then you just don't write another thing for like you know it could be months before you write something else. Where where do both of you fall kind of on that spectrum? I'm the second one. Second. I'm constantly, I will say I'm constantly writing ideas. Like my voice memos are full of like a stanza or a verse into a one line of a chorus or just a chord progression, but they'll just sit there for like months. They're floating around. And then one day it's like, all right, let's reel this in. Let's oh, yeah. grab a cup of coffee and see yeah. what we got on these notes. And yeah. like, you know, I was yeah. going to say, do you hear like later on, maybe like, Hey, well, there's this little 30 second thing here and maybe I can use yeah. that kind of like find, find a place for them later on somewhere. Totally. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of the times we'll write something or like, we'll throw down just an idea and then we're like, Oh, this is a great chorus. And then later it's like, this is actually a verse. And then yeah. we like, so the, the, the function of those little notes or moments will change, you know, depending on like, and when you throw things down and you start adding instruments to it, it takes it to another place too. You know, yeah. for me, like, like I get the initial idea, put some things on top of it and all that sonic information will inform where the song wants to be, or like the lyrics will change because the feeling changes. So they kind of like totally for me, because I've been doing this for so long, the engineering, the recording and the writing are all kind of like working together to get to a final destination where a lot of people come in and they're like a great songwriter. And they're like, this is my song. And you listen to it. You're like, Holy crap. That's yeah. amazing. Don't do anything to it, you yeah. know, but for, for, I don't know, for me, I got, I have to, it's this process w along with engineering that gets me to a place, you know, cause I rely on Sonic so much, you know, are you just hearing things in your, like, as you're, as you're hearing a song, can you just hear those little, it's a mood, right? Like, like, like this, like yeah. people, you know, now people write with like what they call starters, right? Like you'll get like a drum track and it'll, for some reason it'll speak to you and you're like oh this song wants to be like this just yeah. from like a tone you know you can have yeah. like just one little beeping or whatever and you're like oh this is taking me somewhere and you, yeah you go with it you know 
So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. And the stuff on this record specifically, like when we were writing it, like I feel like while we were sitting around just with guitars writing, there would even be conversations like, and then I can have like a fish, like there would be sounds in the conversation about how the lyrics are paced or where the pre chorus goes. And then it does this thing. Like it was part of the writing process. Yeah. It's like <laughs> part of the writing process to talk about like sounds and like, and then it's going to do this thing here. You know, yeah. it was never just like, here's a guitar and a song, you know. I mean, that's crazy to me because I mean, and people, people like hear the songs off the album. I think what you just said makes perfect sense because I know the sounds and stuff you're talking about. And it's interesting. They come to you in that way because it's not like just a guitar part or like a, it's not always a musical part per se. It is something kind of, it becomes musical, but it doesn't yeah. start as a musical thing well, per se. The last song, the last single we had um, is the one where we tuned the sound of the internet going yeah, like online, a, like a 56 surf dial up modem. Yeah. yeah, so surfing. And then, you know, you like kind of like pitch shifted it so it worked with the song and turned that into a solo. And that was like a section that just had nothing and it was like oh that'd be funny that'd be yeah. funny if and then all of a sudden when you heard it back you're like that's kind of that's kind of incredible yeah you know and that was so, such a cool that was a david david did that like and he was like i have an idea and then like leave the room come back and he plays it and you're like ah like it's perfect like it and it's like yeah it's like not a musical thing it's the it's a sound that people from like the early internet days like i dreaded when i was a kid it's like you want to go on aol or like aim and you're first you have to hear that like wretched sound and now it's like a part of this song that sounds cool yeah oh I and huge credit to you david because like it is because the first time you hear it i mean i'm in that right age range too where the second i'm like wait a second is that and it, but it's yeah. genius every time you hear it it does it works so well that it's not like a novelty that wears off you hear it the first time ago oh my god it is and then after it's a it, solo it, yeah. it is you know, it has it has the timing oh, and the melodic you know structure for it to be like any other kind of solo yeah. you know which is really interesting and fun but it's familiar right like yeah like i don't chop it up or anything that's like the literally the internet sound then timed and then like melodically chopped so it works within the song you yeah know? that is amazing. it's dumb that's what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah. it's like we were like is it dumb yeah that's dumb and like but like really it feels good right yeah. it's just based on feeling and that was it very on brand with the i mean like you were talking about aesthetic and everything earlier too very on brand with i mean the sound of the album the aesthetic of everything i mean it, it's yeah. what other sound would you pick that's like yeah that's it's essential of the era well that's you know? a, i like for for no one specifically as a project i feel like aesthetic I'm like really proud of the aesthetic work, which a lot uh, a lot of the credit goes to Jeff Enzor, who played drums on Downey, co-wrote a lot of this record. Um, he's done like all of our graphic design work. Um, as, so it's like, yeah, and Francie Chang, who works at Danger Bird, has also done a lot of work for us. But Jeff, like he's really good at like, I feel like I get this hyper, hyper focused idea of like what everything needs to feel like based on the music. And I'm not a good graphic designer, but I feel like I'd have a good idea and then I could sit down with Jeff and he would take it like, not only to where I wanted to go, but then push it a little further into being like, yes, that's like exactly what yeah. I wanted. He's he's like a yeah, Jeff Enzo, a great graphic designer. It's almost it's almost like music production in a different way. Like for you, you're trying to get that idea out, and he's almost like the producer role where he's helping you get that song in your head out. Yeah. And that idea, like in your head, you can think of it, but you can't get it out on paper. Like, you're trying yeah. to yeah, he I mean, he's doing like a visual representation of what the record feels like which yeah. is so important and also like when you see that record cover it informs you going into the record you like you know you think of that cover when when you're listening to it and they yeah. they sync up you know yeah like back when i was like record shopping like in in the 90s you go to a you know record store and like the the album cover you're like i'm gonna buy this the album cover is so yeah. awesome you're like the music has to be this rad yeah. like you know and that was the only way you'd find out about music it was like there was an art correlation right like the music yeah. and the art cover like yeah. they move together so you if you trusted the art of the record you would trust the music somewhat yeah. or at least be open to it yeah if you want to convince people you're in like a heavy band you have to have the most brutal like painted artwork on yeah. the front if you're on to be in like the coolest pop band you better be using like modern graphic design tech with like bubbly letters that how they even make those on a computer like you yeah. had to like say what you yeah. were if you were a singer songwriter you had to be like yeah like you know like, <laughs> yeah brooding and, yeah rick you know. rick james just put himself on the cover and you're like oh this yeah. is gonna be wild yeah, like this get like you just the art was exactly yeah. what you needed it to be so so this had a big component like with jeff's aesthetic like i think it it prepares people for what they're gonna hear yeah 
and it leaves this like visual imprint that's really nice, you know. And it's nice when when you when you feel that as an artist and you and you see that and you're like, yes, you yeah. know, instead of like, eh, it's okay, yeah. or like it could be moved around, or like this is the best we can get, you yeah. know. I feel like Jeff knocked it out of the park in that sense, you know. Yeah, he always seems to get us to a place where we're stoked. And then also like Ryan Baxley did the music video for our last single, Surfing, and. Alice Baxley, his wife, uh, she's a great photographer and she shot all the photos. Like we work with a pretty tight knit team and who have done both records with us in these roles. So I feel like we all know how to communicate about like where we want to go and how to get there. That's kind of nice. Like to not have to keep yeah. starting over either. Like if you, if you're all working together, it's almost like, don't, don't fix what's not broken. Don't bring in like different people yeah. who may not mesh as yeah. well. with. Maybe you don't well, get the same good results. Yeah. Well, the communication is really nice. Like if you've known someone for a long time, like when you're working on a project, you're not like, oh, I don't want to step on your toes. But, the, you know, instead you just hear your friend, you tell your friend like that. It looks whack. I yeah. don't know. Fix it. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's nice to have those like honest conversations where no one gets their feelings hurt. You're just you're a team working. Right. Yeah. There's no ego involved. Everybody's on the same page all the time. You know, totally. No, that that is rad. And yeah, I mean, again, and credit to, again, the aesthetic and all that stuff. I mean, Going back to even with the uh, enhanced CD EP that came out earlier this year, like you can, you can almost tell what it sounded like before I listened to it. I'm like, yeah. I'm on board without even listening. I'm like, it takes I mean, me back. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny. This, the second you say enhanced CD, yeah, we laugh because that's what their intention. We thought it'd be fun. Yeah. We're you like, know? that's funny. Like, those don't exist. And he, like, they were such a big deal when I was like, I remember buying an enhanced CD, yeah. and, like, rushing home to put it in the CD ROM drive. And nothing happened. All of what I just said <laughs> makes no sense to anyone under my age. Like, none of that sentence. Yeah. Like, this is like the same way like adults feel when Gen Z speaks sometimes. Like, when I was Gen Z adults, but like me saying, like, I bought an enhanced CD and put it in my CD ROM drive as soon as I got home. It was like, what words are those? Those aren't words of function, but we wanted to make an enhanced CD. <laughs> and the te like, even the font is like what oh, I yeah. enhance yeah. it. Like you have it to a T. Like I can't, I can't yeah, like give enough credit to that. If you, look, if you ever see the back of the CD, the back of the CD has like the real player logo and the quick, <laughs> the old QuickTime logo, and it's got like an FBI anti piracy warning that takes up a bottom eighth of it, like. Oh, we did it, dude. It's like yeah. it's what it needs to be. Yeah. Oh, I, I love I do love the dedication or like the I guess that extra mile of I mean, you know, no win being a band, but also being like we we do care about the look or we do care about the aesthetic of the like like all of it coming together. It's not just like, well, here's a here's a lyric video to go with the single, here's this that. You're actually like thinking it out and putting it all together. Like you obviously give a shit about what you put out and put together. And it shows. Yeah, to totally. Like I, I like, I want each, I mean, I feel like both records so far have really accomplished creating their own world. Like Downey had a very specific vibe and aesthetic to it. And it hearkened oh. to like an older, like an older time. I don't know. There's like something that it really did well. And this one was like this retro futurist thing of the late nineties, early two thousands. And it was just like, well, we can't just half commit. Like let's build a world where this record exists in that space. And like, because it also serves to kind of explain that space to someone who might not know about it, like a younger person, where it's like, there's like so much there to unpack of like, why is this called this? And like, what is it? And then they, you Google it. And it's like, there's so much fun, dumb stuff to learn about music in that world. Oh, and the little references, like, I mean, they could, they could hear surfing a million times and not, not get the, get the whole uh, internet dial up reference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Like, Wait a second. That's from that. I thought that yeah. was a no win solo. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's gonna be like a usual suspects moment when yeah. they drop the mug. <laughs> like, oh my god! This whole time it was the no, internet. It might be like Ten years on the internet. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, I know, like, you know, still fairly early on in the band's career, you're only two albums in, but like, do you think it's gonna be a conscious? And maybe this is weird asking this because I'm basically asking you like the future and stuff, but like, is it almost a thought when you go into a, a new no win record that you don't want? each no win like to maybe have some continuity and maybe maybe something there where it's like this makes it no win but it almost seems like you want something different for each album if you get what i'm I, saying like it's it a different planned world. i mean it no. was planned to be different i'll say that much it wasn't planned to have this aesthetic yeah. but like yes i like i don't know david told me something a long time ago when he first started recording me about like i was really like self-conscious a lot younger i was self-conscious about not having a sound and he, I forget what words exactly he put it in, but he's just like, like essentially you can't escape that. You're not good enough 
and not in like a mean way, but like no one is good enough truly to escape sounding like themselves. You're always going to. And then like a band that was always really big for me when I was younger was Bright Eyes. Like I was a big Bright Eyes fan. And I loved how, especially like later Bright Eyes, each record, like you, I've always described it as like, I like being a fan of a band that kind of leads you rather than follows you. Like you don't want, you don't like, I didn't, I grew up listening to a lot of punk as well. And like in punk fans often get mad because like, I like the old stuff. They change. I don't like it anymore. And it was so exciting for me to be a fan of a band where it's like, they're schooling me or like showing me that there's other stuff out there. It's not like I'm not going to them for the same meal over and over again. They're like a chef who's like, oh, I know your palate. I know like you're not, if you like me as a chef, I'm going to make stuff you like, but I'm going to change up the menu every time, hopefully. Like, I want it to be exciting, and I want to explore other elements of music that I didn't get to last time, you know? I think it works in the band. I think you're, and I like bands that are like that, where, because you're right, including, like, in punk and stuff, I mean, go throw a piano or something in there. Do something. <laughs> yeah. You're done, dude. Yeah, see, yeah, see how that turns out for you, buddy. Like, like see, yeah, sing, sing, sing the, the wrong harmony. Yeah. Sing yeah. a harmony. Yeah, sing a harmony, and all of a sudden it's, <laughs> it's like, over. oh, Hollywood, huh? Yeah, like, I, yeah, like yeah. there are just genres that are unforgiving in that way. And like, I, yeah. I, I think early on in the band, I mean, because again, you're only two albums in, so I, it's kind of weird asking that question. But like, I think it's good to have it set in that way where I feel yeah. like going forward, I don't personally, two albums in, I don't expect what a no win, you know, album number three would sound like, or even, even what this album yeah. would sound like. Like, I think it's a good thing to be that way from the get go and not like, five albums in you decide you know what i'm gonna get a little more artsy or i'm gonna do now this that everybody trusts me and yeah. counts on me for this thing it's like no let's set it up right now i'm not gonna deliver like i will do what we want to do yeah and then also like i also don't want to say it's always like i don't want to commit to like ever being like every album's gonna be different in the world it's like there's like I, every now and then i'll like think about danny i'm like man there's elements of like indie rock in that way that i didn't get to explore i still want to so it might things might come back and go but i never want to I want it. I, I always want to set it up in a way where it's like there shouldn't be an expected album ever. Like it should be. You should be free as an artist to do what you want, and you should like hopefully find fans. A dream fan of this band would be like, I can't wait to see what happens next. Like I more so than I can't wait for another one of those. You know, I think establishing that early is what's important. Like early as a band. Like just again, yeah. like if, if you're that, if you go in and you you listen to a band's first couple records and you can see that like okay they changed it up a little each time. Like you can see where they're at each one. I, yeah. I think it, like it sets you up better. Whereas they were like, I don't know, you were a folk band for three albums and then you weren't on album four, you know, yeah. again, you can't be mad when that, when that kind of stuff happens. So yeah. I feel I like it like, when on a deeper level, like this is a thought occurring to me kind of now, but like, it might also be a way to like find a deeper truth of who an artist is. Cause like oftentimes people are mistaking genre with how the writer writes. Right. It's like, Oh, like this punk band should always sound like, it's like, no, like, who they are is deeper than the genre or deeper than the way they play the song. It's like the way their melodies string together. It's the emotions they convey. It's that stuff to me is what's most important about an artist, regardless of what style they're playing. So if you kind of mix it up all the time, the only consistency for anyone to grab onto is your actual identity, not like the guitar sound or the drum sound. Like none of that stuff informs who you are. It's like, oh, those are tools to express who I am. There's something underneath. Yeah. And that becomes the only through line is like us as people making stuff. Yeah. I like that. I mean, that's so true for like for artists where they they're constantly changing and they might make a record, but you're like, I hate this record, but I can't wait to see what they do on the next one. Like, yeah. like you, they might miss you for one record, and then you go get back with them and go like, oh, this oh is yeah, cool. you know. No, that definitely that definitely happens. I mean, and and again, I I think in some genres they are more forgiving that. Well, maybe they'll they'll get it on the uh, on the next one. Yeah. Yeah, you know Bob Dylan fans. You know how much forgiveness they have in their heart. Yeah. Like you know how many decades of forgiveness. Yeah, that is true for all the legendary records he has. There. Oh man, I'm they're, not Bob all, they're not all hits. I'm a, I'm a big Bob Dylan fan. I'm a big Guided by Voices fan. You can't be a fan of either one of those people without just being like, oh, we don't talk about that stuff. Like, there's like a lot of stuff in there. Where you're like, now nah, it's cool. You miss me with that one, Bob. Like, I'm yeah. gonna. If you write you're both yeah. Bobs. I was about to yeah. say they're both Bobs. Yeah. I mean, if you write a hundred records, they're not all gonna be. You can't. I don't think anybody no. can write a hundred. I don't perfect. expect them to be. 
I was I was wondering too because like like again I mean I, I've kind of I've kind of been paying attention to the band for the last I I can't believe Downey to be honest came out in 2019 because I still feel like I just discovered your band like a year ago but yeah. um you know obviously the pandemic and stuff you weren't touring but has the band toured much since forming I mean has the band done any touring in its formation Yeah the year like we we like so when when we got signed to Danger Burn we did Downey. 2019 record came out in March. I think we did five tours before the shutdown, which was 12 months. Oh, wow. You did a lot of touring beforehand. So when the record came out in 2019, we did five tours in a year and it was like one big one, one big national one, uh, like some West coast ones here and there. We flew to New York and did some East coast stuff. Like we were really going after it. And then the pandemic hit and it was being in a band that had just put out its debut record in March and then getting 12 months to like do your thing and get like people to know that you exist and pay attention to you. And then having it all stop was really difficult. And so, I mean, it was difficult for everyone in the world, but like, so it does feel like that record just came out because we barely got to do anything. And now this one comes out in August and it's like, kind of feels like a second first record. It's like, all right, let's start these engines, start these engines up again and like see if people still care and find out who's still out there for us. Cause like, it really felt like it all went off a cliff there, you know? That's an interesting point. I mean, because really, and, and again, it feels like it was yesterday, but I do remember when Downey came out and like, you're right. It, it wasn't, you didn't have tons of time to like let the world know about this band on your debut record before yeah. uh, you know, everything kind of came down. So that is interesting with that thought of this one. It's obviously not your debut, but in a way, this might be yeah. an intro to a lot of people. I mean, it feels like, I mean, nowadays with like, you know, social media and streaming stats and all this stuff, there's like a constant reminder of like some numerical assertion of how you're not doing what you were yesterday, which is like horrible for musician mental health. But like seeing how it's changed between the first one and now, it's like, yeah, there was like a real big ball rolling on that one after the, like, you know, the early demos I put out in press coverage and stuff. Um, um, so, uh, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, it just feels like we're starting the machine up again and trying to work and like, but yeah, we toured on the first one. Our last tour ended, I think like March 10th of 2019, oh. of 2020. Like we literally toured into the pandemic oh, yeah. it was, and then it was like over, like we were riding the first cases down every city we were in. Yeah. The cases were following us down the West we, coast. We drove out of Seattle to the like NPR and the tour van just being like first case of coronavirus confirmed in Seattle. Like when we're on the freeway out, it was just like, Oh, this is going to be bad. And then like we got home on the 10th and on the 13th, it was like, and shut down. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was wild. I am, I am happy that like, I mean, things, things now on the other end, I mean, you have a great like record and like you're ready for things. It's, I'm sure at that time before getting ready for writing this one, yeah, that that uh that is a bummer when you're like putting all that out and it's like bad timing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it was the whole world, right? It's like not a singular oh, yeah. struggle. Like everyone, no matter what job you had or what you were doing or working on, it was just bizarre to see the whole world go on pause, you know. Yeah. Do you yeah. uh do you have any like uh tour like any plans for touring this year or you know just do you, do you you think you'll be touring in the future? Like is that the plan for no win at least? I always want to go on tour, um, but I want to pick the right tours. And like, you know, we're older now and like I have a, I have a kid, I have a family. That's not to say I don't, I would tour all the time if it was sustainable and could help out, which a lot of them can. And when they are, I will say yes. And we're in talks for a few right now, but it's all casual and nothing I can like talk about yet, but there's like some offers out there. And once the record's out, I'm excited to start talking about some stuff that we'll do in the next year. Oh, that's rad. No, I mean, it's good. It yeah. sounds like there, there's uh, more to come. Uh, for the rest for of the sure. year. I mean, yeah, and it, definitely, definitely don't plan on stopping or slowing down at any point if as much as I can, you know what I mean? No, nice, nice. And it, I mean, as a fan, that's uh that's good news. And also, I mean, the record, the record will be out here uh, by the time this is out, I think a week or two before, but uh, yeah, okay. I mean, a new no win record coming for everyone to uh, check out. And I mean, we'll definitely uh, right now we'll play some songs off that enhanced CD EP and uh, Great. Uh, that's a fun one to say yeah but, uh, enhanced cd ev it was really funny because like I, I was like putting it on our web store like the band's web store to sell it and i was like enhanced cd ep and then they like had to put the format because i don't want people to think they're like i don't want them actually thinking they're buying so i'm like enhanced cd ep parentheses 
CD. Like again, it's like it's a CD. That's that because if we if we do ever press it to like a seven inch or like a ten inch, I have to be like enhanced CD on vinyl though. Like that's the actual title. <laughs> it's really dumb. Again, once again, just dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> As a collector though, you got to release that on like every format, and there's yeah. just that little that little yeah. tweak on it, like. Enhanced yeah. eight track, enhanced cassette. Yeah. You know, dude, I found someone I manufacturing eight tracks. The, why? What are we yeah. waiting for? Yeah, light in the attic is like putting them out, but I found the company who's making them, and I'm just like, oh, I want to do an eight track so bad. Yeah. Like, no one will play it. I'll buy one. I don't know yeah. if I'll. I do an eight track. I'll, I will play it. I'm not saying there's anyone but me. You might be looking at yeah, the yeah. only. The only person buying this, but yeah. uh, enhanced track, it's like a cassette. A, enhanced just, eight, really yeah, we should just release a cassette and call it enhanced eight track. You can you can fast forward, yeah. <laughs> that's the selling point. You need this. What you bought, you can fast forward on this one. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. It's, enhanced. it's got 10 songs. <laughs> there's money being left on the table here, you guys. There's some real, yeah. uh, there's some real ideas here. I, I think, uh, I think are gonna really just break the Man, I hope you're ready. Yeah, to any, anything I've learned about modern marketing is that the dumber you get, the better it seems to work. Yeah, it's like, yeah, if you could just ditch your shame and just do something god awful, people are like, oh yeah, this, this is what we need. Let's buy those. Yeah. I mean, you guys, are, you guys are amping up for the album cycle. It's time to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's we're trying to figure lose. out what our what our McDonald's order is going to be. Yeah, the no yeah. win, what our happy meal is <laughs> yeah, the no win happy yeah. meal that's going to come out. Yeah, you got to put that dignity and self respect aside for a little while. You promote yeah, yeah. this. this, this ours will come with those like ours will come with those old like '90s Flintstone crystal glasses. It's like yeah. a throwback. It's world building, man. Go get our 1999 Happy Meal. You remember those hit clips? You remember those things? The little chip yeah, things? Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly looked you into got... like, is there a way to like, oh my... like, like, to, like make my own hit clip just to like show it in a video? I couldn't figure it out. But like hit clips are the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, we're talking about dumb shit. I mean, I feel like I got to I got to <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah. If I could find a way to make a one of one no win hit clip, I will make it. Yeah, maybe that maybe that would be insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, how did we forget the knowing mini disc? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> colorful too. You get the colorful yeah. one. Not like yeah. yeah, the I think I think uh yeah, I don't I don't know what's been pressed so far, but you gotta go back to the pressing plant. We're trying to off. convince Dangerbird to only sell our album preloaded on colored uh colored imax from 99 like you have to buy the whole crt screen and then when you just plug it in and it just plays our record it, yeah, ta it, takes, ready for that. it takes longer for everything to like warm up and upload and stuff than it is to listen to the record it takes like yeah, 30 for sure. to up. it's about the journey not the destination with our record yeah if we've learned anything i mean that was to, to take it all back to the beginning i mean yeah, yeah. it's it's just kind of taking what you got you guys you guys had to get off tour you didn't know what to do you wrote a great record you made you i think you made it. but uh yeah. you know as we uh close up here where can uh where can people grab the new record where can we find no win online like all all that good stuff where do we go find you now um so we're on instagram i think it's like no win.la we're on tiktok if you search no win la you'll find it um our website is nowin.la, and then the record is called Dodger Stadium. It'll be out on August 19th, and it'll be streaming everywhere. And uh, you can find it for sale at dangerbirdrecords.com or any online music retailer. Nice, nice. So, yeah, we are uh, we're going to play some songs now, which you will hear on Dodger Stadium. But if you can't wait for that, the uh, again, the Enhanced CD EP is out now <laughs> and these jams you're about to hear are on them so you can go grab that bad boy and we'll kick it off actually with the uh closer off that and i don't know where it sits on dodger stadium but uh i, I love this song here is new year by no win right here on the power court hour me 
right here on the Power Court Hour podcast. That was the latest single from No Win off their upcoming record, Dodger Stadium. That was Hit the Line. That one just came out today with a a lyric video you can go check out on uh, YouTube. And before that, off the Enhanced CD EP, which uh, you can grab now if you can't wait for Dodger Stadium. That song is also going to be on Dodger Stadium. That first one was New Year. I want to thank Danny and David for uh, doing that. That was so much fun talking to them. I have uh, I've been a fan of No Win. Really, like Downey is such a good record. I uh, I've been into them ever since hearing that record back in 2019, and was uh, stoked to have them uh, both on. It was really really fun talking to both of them. And uh, again, depending when you're listening to this, I mean, you know, maybe you're listening to it a little later on, and the record's already out. But uh, Dodger Stadium, the sophomore record from No Win, will be out August 19th on Danger Bird Records. Make sure you go grab that one. And uh, if you have not listened to Downey yet, make sure you go listen to that as well. I uh, I mean, they're both just really, really good. So far, No Win is two for two. I've uh, had a chance to listen to Dodger Stadium, uh, the whole record, and it is really, really good. They, uh, they did not disappoint. The uh, Enhanced CD EP is not just a fluke. All the record is great, so make sure you go uh, give that a listen. And uh, I had so much fun talking to uh, Danny and David. They were just, they were, they were a good time, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed that as well. All right, that is going to be this week's episode. Thank you so much for checking it out. Keep uh, connected with us. We are at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can hit me up, PowerCordHour at gmail.com. I have uh, some PCH stickers. Would love to send you some. Just email me your address, and uh, I'll send you an envelope full. Uh, Fridays, we do the radio show every Friday night, 8 to midnight on 107.9 WRFA. If you're not in the area, you can stream it online at WRFALP.com. You go there, you'll see the big old listen button. And uh, what else? Also, if you can't tune into that, I do put up the playlist that I play on there on uh, Spotify. So if you go search Power Chord Hour on Spotify, maybe you're even listening to the podcast there, you will find literally hundreds of of a playlist that I've been putting on there since probably like 2019, I'd say. I think that's about when I started putting them on there. So uh, they go back quite a ways. So you can go give that a listen. And uh, I believe that is everything. We'll be back next week with another episode for you. So until then, for the Power Court Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.